Hello, and welcome to episode 1179 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, May 22nd. I'm your host, Paul Spohr. Joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, I'd say good morning just because you're so tired, but it is the afternoon. Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. If, you, uh, if you're looking for a reason not to have kids, it's a four-year-old sleeping in your bed all night. With night terrors. With night terrors. Yeah, that it was a pretty brutal night. So I'm, I'm not are. quite all here, but I am here. And we you are going to talk some baseball. And we're going to make it work. Absolutely. So we've got, uh, we don't have much news unless I'm missing. I'll do a little refresh like I always do right before the show starts. Pretty quiet. It's pretty quiet as far as like actionable news here. We do have one tidbit. Then we're going to get into the pickup. So let's you, just you go know ahead. Why, and... You know why there isn't very much news, right? No. Because everybody's already hurt. Like it's already, there's, there's no one left to yeah. get hurt. Who else can point. even get hurt at this yeah. point? So like, of course there's no news. We haven't had any new players to replenish all the injured ones. And interestingly, the news is about a player who is hurt and consistently, and now he's hurt longer. Lance McCullers Jr. is going to be out until July Outside of a unique situation, we'll talk NFBC first. No IL spots, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not holding Lance McCullers. You, you Jr. shouldn't unless... have had him on your roster to begin with. Like it, yes, you I, might have I tend... picked him up in the last week or something like that in order to like stash him because there was, you know, reports of him throwing some positivity looking like good. That. Yeah, uh, but ultimately, this is the kind of guy that should be pretty much on your do not draft list, and uh, and then should not be held when he is hurt so yeah that's i mean that's how i feel too about my cars i love my roof form but like it's just so hard and now early to mid july you know if you are in a luxury where you have no injuries and maybe you can stash in an nfbc situation and there's nobody else you want okay hold as long as you can but those are pretty unique situations what about il and you know a lot of the big venues, ESPN, Yahoo, they still have limited IL. Mm-hmm. What kind of, you know, d- does McCullers make the cut there in a three IL situation? Let's say you've got, you know, let's say you got two guys right now. You got Eloy and somebody else longer term. I'm trying to think of somebody. Eloy's on his way back. That's why I mentioned mm-hmm. him specifically. Do you just go with the standard hold McCullers till you can't? Like, who kicks him off? Like only superstars, mid-tier guys. I know it's hard to to calculate every scenario, but what are you doing with uh, McCullers in IL leagues, even where you have say three spots max? I mean, and I'm not holding him over anybody who's going to be back before him. Like I just, yeah, you know, because you can always you can always drop him, and then when Eloy's back in two weeks, pick him back up. Like I, I don't think that a lot of people are going to. You know, no, Eloy's supposed to be back this week. Oh, okay. So fingers I mean, crossed. I guess then you. So could. I'm, I'm I'm holding him, but let, so you're not holding McCullers over anybody that's due back before him, even if their raw talent is a bit yeah. lesser, but that they're yeah. still draftable and viable and all that. I'm I think I'm with you. I think it's just really really tough to hold them outside of really unique circumstances where maybe you've been the blessed team in your league health wise, and you can hold them as maybe a luxury because the waiver wire hasn't been very. Uh, you know, giving in terms of pitching outside of the prospects. Um, that's really it with McCullers. He, I I just, I don't know. Because what are we going to get when he even comes back? That's the thing that yeah. I don't know about with McCullers. Is he going to, like, he's going to be able to go five innings? I, I don't know. But, I mean, here's the thing about, like, leagues like ESPN and Yahoo and CBS where you've got these IL spots. But, like, when you go to 
pick it up an IL guy, you can't just automatically throw him in to your IL. You have to put him on your reserve list and then move him to your IL. And so you so do have to cut somebody. Someone's got to burn a reserve spot in order to pick him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think a lot of people are going to be willing to do that at this point. And so I think you can pretty easily drop him. And then when you want to burn that reserve spot to pick him up, you can. But uh, ultimately, I, I don't like doing that. And I don't like holding the guy on my IL when I've got other guys. And almost every single team has multiple IL guys to hold right now. Yeah. And the really tough part with McCullers here specifically is just his history of being hurt mm-hmm. that like, this setback might not even be the only one. Oh, so. absolutely. Like, if, if he doesn't pitch this year, are you going to be surprised? Because I won't be. Nah, not even in the slightest. I, I hope he does. I'm not trying to be negative about it. It's just the fact of the matter with Lance McCullers Jr. is that health has been uh, a big issue with him throughout his career. So we wish him the best, but right now it's not looking good. Let's get into the pickups. We talked about this guy. Uh, actually, our first two guys we talked about on Friday, one in news, one in the two-step um, Matthew Liebertor, we're going to start with him. We talked about him and the news was that he's staying in the rotation. Okay, great. Let's go out and get him. Let's, let's spend on him. And then he relieved on Sunday. How did that impact how you treated Matthew Liebertor here? We're starting with, of course, deep league pickups. He was also picked up in shallow leagues, but we started the, at the high, at the, you know, deeper leagues and work our way down. So he's picked up everywhere Liebertor was. People were still aggressive, but did you tap the brakes at all seeing that he had a one inning relief outing? Or did you think that was just like a bullpen day thing and that they, everything's still on track? They had mentioned that this might happen, that if they mm-hmm. needed, that the bullpen had been overworked and that if they needed him, he was going to be available at the bullpen, but then he would still make a start later in the week yeah. if that's the case. So it didn't really affect me. Uh, I will say, though, um, you know, and I mentioned this on the Sunday pod, uh, that this was not going to be a big fab weekend for me, that I didn't feel like there was that many guys that were real big movers. I did, I did make a mistake, though, because... Uh-oh. Did you get Nick Allen again? No, I didn't get Nick Allen. It's the opposite mistake, right? So uh, I I am a huge proponent of, even if you aren't super interested in kind of a quote-unquote big-name guy, you should always put in a keep-him-honest bid. Uh, sure. And I didn't in Tout Wars on Matthew Liebertor because I didn't really need him. He wasn't a huge target for me. I had a, I was a big uh, – Matt McLean was a big target for me, and so I knew I was going to be spending a good amount of money there. Mm-hmm. Um and I didn't put any bids in on Libertor, and he went for eight bucks in Tout Wars mix. Wow, is that out of a thousand or a hundred? Out of a thousand. That's out of a thousand. You know, that's a little bit in line, actually. You know, it's more than or uh, less than half the price of of this. But the cheapest main event bid for Libertor was nineteen dollars. Yeah, that's not even to keep him honest. That's a I'm just throwing this out, and if I get lucky, I'm the luckiest person in the main event because the next lowest on Libertor was sixty four out of a thousand. Mm-hmm. I think the 60s and 70s folks that won them, those were keep them honest, I think. And I don't say this to denigrate the person that got it for 19. Good on you. But that's not even a keep them honest. That's just a Hail Mary. He went for 154 in my main with a backup bit of 100. Yeah, like I was never. Pitching is the only thing that's going well for my team. He went 155 with a backup of 85, so a little inefficient there um, on Libertor. There were some some bids like that where – there was the one person that really liked Libertor, and then the backup. Like you look at the high end there, all the ones that went over two hundred, and there were eight out of the fifty-three main events. Um, all of them 
were well ahead of the of the next bid. Mm-hmm. None of the backup bids reached 200. Two of them were under 100. So 219 against 81, 217 against 92. That's got to sting a little bit when you're dropping that kind of money. But if you're confident, that's the tough part. You never know what your league's going to do, right? You look at the other leagues and you're like, I wish I was in that league where my bid would have been the most efficient. But it's just hard to ever know. So you got to go with what you're comfortable with. And if you were comfortable paying 217, you can't get hung up on the fact that nobody else was willing to pay more than 92. Um, yeah. But okay, so we're putting up, we're not worried about the relief thing because again, they did mention that. You're right. Do we hope that this gets him pushed? I mean, I know we do. I don't even have to ask it as a question, but do we think this gets him pushed out of the Cincinnati series in Cincy and into the one in Cleveland? Because he was originally slated to go, I think, middle of the week. And now it could be maybe on the weekend, which would put him at Cleveland, which would be just a much better start for Libertor. Yeah, no, probably. He's probably, maybe they just flip-flop him and Mats and he's Thursday, Cincinnati. Kind of, that's kind of what I that's, think, too. I, 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 I was think. hoping on the uh, uh, on the Cleveland situation. I don't even have him. I'm just saying for a better outing. Yeah. By the way, they have a weird week next week, um, uh, St. Louis does. They only have five games. That part's not totally crazy. That happens. They have two off days in a row. They're what? off Wednesday and Thursday. That's weird. So it's a Monday, Tuesday two pack against KC, and then two days off. I guess they're walking to Pittsburgh, so they need two days <laughs> off. I, I don't know what that. It's very bizarre. Do they, do they have a makeup game they can put there or something? Like I don't. I have that's no idea. Super weird. I don't remember yeah. ever seeing. That. Again, the five packs aren't crazy. Those have been happening for the last couple of years. We just had a few mm-hmm. last week. My Tigers had one. None this but week it, though. So yeah, everyone's pay, playing at least six. But it's usually off Monday, off Thursday with the Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday two pack there. So. I don't know, kind of interesting, kind of weird. Um, let's move on to our next guy here. We did talk about him on, during the two-step week, so we don't have to get too deep on Brandon Williamson. I'm mostly just curious if you went for him at all. Uh, he was not particularly expensive on the main event landscape. His peak was 79 bucks to, to a backup of one, so folks weren't uh, folks weren't really buying into his Coors outing because they looked at the minor league numbers and they saw those are pretty dreadful numbers. Mm-hmm. So 79 was the high, then a 68, then a 64, then down to 40. For this again, out of a thousand fifteen team leagues, what do you think of Brandon Williamson? Did you did you jump in on that uh, because he was at least cheap if you were interested? Um, he was in my waterfall bids, but I did not end up with him anywhere outside of uh, Tout Wars and then one other league I've got on CBS. Uh, I didn't spend more than seven dollars in any league. Uh, this week I mean I was really really cheap so like I had Williamson in the waterfall for like three bucks or something like that but didn't end up with him I ended up with like Rich Hill and, and other guys like that which mm-hmm. I'm fine with um yeah but just, he, he's he's in that he's in that group I mean I, I, res- I the, the skills are so scary like I know yeah, I know the first start was great but like no respect to everyone realizing and not getting duped by a good start in Colorado by Brandon Williamson. Like he might be good, but he still has to pitch half of his games in Cincinnati, even when he is pitching. And it's just, it's a bit nerve wracking there. So yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not terribly surprised by it, but I was wondering if people would get a little overzealous on a cooler start and they did not for sure. This one uh, was, was interesting. It's because he's going to get a start, but 35 of the 53 main event leagues picked up Ryan Weathers, for uh san diego an interesting prospect from a few years back has kind of meandered along since then but now penciled in for wednesday at washington and then which would then set up for a two-step the following week at miami and home to the cubs are you interested in the young lefty ryan weathers for the padres uh not 
particularly. I mean, this is a guy that um, has not shown amazing skills and or like the ability to strike out a lot of batters on a consistent basis. So, uh, and I mean, yeah, San Diego is a good place to pitch. Uh, you know, it should be a good team. It should be a better team than it's been playing uh, yeah. behind. And I him. think they will be. I don't know. I mean, they just lost Machado. Like uh, Soto's finally starting to turn things around, but it just it just feels off. Like, there is a little bit of like a malaise with them, yeah. but again, I think that's that's just kind of the malaise hanging over them, and that they will be better. But maybe not. Maybe they'll be a disappointing team that doesn't meet expectations. They're only two. Oh, I guess they're five games under now. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's still it's it still is, relatively it's not early. A, easy division to like build yourself out of a hole when you've got the Dodgers who are, you know, arguably the best team in baseball. And then the Diamondbacks who are playing really, really well. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Giants are pesky. And- Even your boys, two yeah. games under 500. That's mm-hmm. not bad. 22 and 24 for the Giants. We did not have high expectations for them and they're playing all right. Yeah. So, so no, I, I'm, I liked Weathers like when he first came up, I was excited about his prospect hype. But as you pointed out, missing bats has been a huge issue for him. In uh, 122 major league innings, it's a 17% strikeout rate with a 8% swinging strike rate. Bro- both of those are really unimpressive. And that's not even as a full-time starter. That's with some relief work mixed in. So mm-hmm. that leaves me a bit cold, and I wasn't really pushing for any sort of Ryan Weathers action. Well, and I think what people may have been trying to do is go oh well he's gonna have a two-step that includes miami next week which is nice um and he's facing the uh the nationals uh this week but the nationals are the seventh best team in wrc plus against left-handed pitching and they uh, never strike out yeah yeah they've got that's the one thing percent strikeout rate versus left-handed pitching this year um and they've got some real lefty killers on that team. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Candelario, Dom Smith are very good against lefties. Uh, I don't know that I would want to. Wait, is Dom? Him. Dom's lefty. Is he good lefty lefty? I think he is. Maybe. I'm oh, wrong. Well, e- either either way, the bottom line, your, your overall numbers are 100% right. They got Lane Thomas. They got Manessis. They got Call. Stone Garrett is a lefty platoon. I mean, he's not like scary or anything. But the bottom line is they put the ball in play. So they probably won't beat him up. But it, but if the ball goes, you know, in their favor, the hits can pile up against Washington. And like I said, punchies are not part of their game at all. Yeah, uh, Dom Smith this year is hitting three twenty one against lefties. Okay, Dom, I see you. Nicely done. And he's hot right now. So I love Dom Smith. I root for him so hard, man. Like <laughs> he's Only not that one good. Home run, but like, but I do root for the him. Ball in play. Yeah. Hey, that's a lot more than last year. Yeah, literally had zero last yeah. year. Let's it's talk Jared Schuster. Yeah. Let's talk Jared Schuster from Atlanta. The uh, prospect, when he first broke camp, you know, there's some excitement. Atlanta prospects, that's one of those teams that kind of gets extra buzz just by virtue. Whether you know the player that much or not, you're interested because Atlanta's bringing him up. It did not start off well. But then he dropped a uh, a really nice start yesterday. Six innings, one run on a hit. It was a solo shot with a walk and seven Ks. Beautiful outing, earned him some attention. You know how Sundays go. You have a good day on Sunday. It, you you are now in, uh, generating interest in fantasy leagues. Was Jared Schuster on your radar, and are you intrigued by him at all going forward now for Atlanta? I mean, what we talk about last week, like it'd be nice to see like what the data is on how much a player's price goes up based on one good start on the day of Fab. I wish um, you could compare. 
it'd be hard because you gotta have like a similar set of leagues, but like Saturday free agent versus Sunday. Mm-hmm. And like how much the bids change when that when those guys go on Sunday. Because yeah. I guarantee this raised prices like crazy. It probably put him on people's radars that weren't even paying attention to mm-hmm. him. Because like, oh damn, this guy had a huge outing. And all of a sudden he goes for over a hundred in three different leagues, two of them to the same person, cutting the same person too. This person, uh Giglin Marlin cut Trent Grisham to pay $109 for Jared Schuster against $39 and $44 backup bids. The 105 was against a 53 backup bid. So it seems as though maybe that person overreacted a bit to Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and I think the fact that he was going up against Seattle, which has been like the 27th best team against left-handed pitching this year, um, may have aided that. It's nice to see him not walk so many guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the walks have been a real issue for Schuster. But uh, I'm not like changing much based on this one start. I definitely want to see another start come in and him uh, and him pitch well and not walk the entire yard before I'm willing to jump on it. And I think this is like a really good example mm-hmm. of like not jumping on the hype train during like the end of draft season because he – the him and um Clark Dylan, Schmidt, Dodd. Dylan Dodd like all these guys that people got really really excited about all of a sudden right at the end of uh of draft season when we had like six months preparing nobody was really talking about them uh you know that's usually a mistake when nobody has been talking about a dude for for six months and Clark Schmidt, people had been talking about him but um, nobody talked about Schuster or Dylan Dodd until March. And no. there, there's a reason for that. Like, you know, I, I think people like jumping on board and being like, oh, he's, he's the guy that I have to get now. I'm not that especially Dodd was very expensive, but um, no, I mean, neither necessarily were. But, yeah, there was that like extra hype being built up on them. You know, again, not to like roast the people that paid 100 on them like they they bought in. They're fine. All the other bids that are kind of in like the 40s and 50s, I'm fine with that on Schuster. That's a little bit of a premium. He probably would have been more like 20s, 30s, if not for the great outing. Uh, But, you know, this is a good outing to build on. He does get Philly this week, but maybe you bought Schuster for the at Oakland next week. So if he is still available in your leagues, you can keep tabs on him. And if he does well against Philly, you pick him up for Oakland. Or you can even do it early and stash him if you you have enough reserves to do something like that. Philly's been really bad against lefties this year. Yes, they have. So it may not be a bad stream for two weeks in a row. So, uh, And, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a bad pickup. I don't don't want to, like, act like, oh, people shouldn't have – picked him up because especially in even spending that kind of money because there was just not a lot out there if you weren't no. gonna get Libertor, if you weren't gonna get and you didn't want to get williamson like schuster is one of the few guys really around yeah that what was, what was really out on. there yeah. um our last pitcher before we go over to the hitters in the deeper league format is matt strom who was picked up a bunch but doesn't look like he's returning to the rotation i think there was some hope maybe that he would but uh they picked up dylan covey from the from the Dodgers and now he's penciled in it's not confirmed but there's expectations that he's going to get a two start this week uh Dylan Covey so were you back in on Matt Strom at all uh now that he's a reliever but maybe going to get some high leverage or get back in the rotation where do you currently sit on Matt Strom was he on your bid list at all he was uh on a couple of mine but really kind of lower end I don't really know what they're doing. Like Strom's been a really good starter. And when they sent down Bailey Falter, I thought, 
oh, okay, this means Strom's in the rotation. That's what it was. Forward. Yeah, yeah. Falter um, going down. Uh, so I'm a little surprised that, I mean, Dylan Covey isn't good. Like, we've known this for a while, when, like, even when he was, like, a White Sox prospect. So uh, like, I think that's where he was, a White, a White yeah. Sox prospect. Nailed um, it. So, like, I don't know why this is becoming a thing. Uh, I feel like this will end poorly for Dylan Covey, and then they'll pivot back to Strom. Yeah, I just wish, like, why waste that time of him not pitching four or five innings at a time so that he's stretched out? That's what you're supposed to, you know, that's kind of what you need with Matt Strom. He's already kind of a five and dive at his best. So now you're taking him back out of the rotation, and he's getting 29, 8, 40, and 24 pitches in his last four outings. So that's just going to kind of cycle him back for even when you do want to bring him back in. I kind of wish they were going the other way with it. He's been really good. I ended up picking him up actually in um, tout head-to-head because we have to have two RP spots. And I was just like, you know what? If he somehow gets back in, you know, uh, Stripling, who I had there because he – got to start. I was going to cut him either way. I ended up ILing him because it's free ILs in that league. But uh, yeah, so that, that's the only reason I got Strom. I went for him as like a Hail Mary. If I could be one of the lucky ones to get like the super cheap in the main, I'll take him. But otherwise, I'll just keep yeah. Cutter Crawford, who, which is who I kept because he's in a very similar position, I think, where he's kind of biding his time in the bullpen. I think he's going to get some multi-inning outings. And then I think he's first man up if anything happens. So maybe that's where I was with Strom. Maybe him and Covey become like a tandem. Like could that, well, I mean, if he's the not. second part of that, that'd be great. Yeah. Let Covey do two, three innings out front and then three, four innings for Strom afterwards. And then he gets to like a, you know, great follow. That'd be perfect. Cause then his win probability goes way up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the only thing that really makes a ton of sense here, but I mean, I agree. The Phillies are one of those organizations. I don't really know what they're doing the majority of the time, you know, like the, the, yeah. it's, the it's one of the most weirdly constructed teams like top to bottom like the rotation for the most part is pretty great but then you look at what they're doing in their bullpen and then you look at you they've done with that defense and you're like i don't i don't know what's going on have they done anything with the defense no i mean brandon marsh has been good marsh was was a great pickup yeah with where their defense was back to earth yeah which we knew was going to happen because he was riding riding pretty hot there uh, he's still toting a 375 Babbitt, by the way. But um, when Not you have a defense month. like that, one player isn't going to fix it. I mean, it's a start, and they do have a great catcher. And so, you know, they've got, you know, some decent up the middle stuff, but uh, their corners can be really tough defensively. Let's go over to the hitters, go back to Cincinnati, talk Matt McClain. He was he was the prize of the hitting pool, uh, prospect of Pretty, pretty solid note. Not even the best middle infield prospect in his system, though, because they're loaded there. Ellie De La Cruz is the top guy. We have McLean second to him on their top prospects list. Matt McLean, shortstop. He's up. He's playing shortstop every day. Was this the guy that you were looking at, Matt McLean, here? We talked a little bit about him, I think. Um, was he called up? He was called up. We he, was called up on, he was called up on Sunday. On uh, Sunday. Okay, so we, week, we didn't yeah. get to talk about him. Um, cause yeah, he was, he was, he was called up like, or we got reports that he was coming up like Sunday, like, um, I think it was like right after fab ran, like, yeah, I think right after fab ran for tout. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, McLean was a guy who was trying to get in a lot of different places, uh, but I wasn't willing to spend the kind of money 
I was going to need to get him outside of Intel Wars, where I haven't really spent a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I still had 850 bucks. So I spent 120 on him uh, to make sure I got him in Tout. Uh, I'm very interested to see, and I, I should probably check to see if the Reds have released their lineup today because he played every game except for one last week, and it was the game against the lefty, which, which he, he's, he's a right. righty. But so is Newman He's in the lineup Guerrero. today. He is. He's okay. in the lineup today. So they've, got, second. they've got three games against a lefties out of their first four this week. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I was talking about this on Sunday that I was really, really interested to see how many games he played out of those. Uh, you know, and they got five total against lefties this mm-hmm. week. Montgomery, Libertor, Matz, Steele, Smiley. Big opportunity for their right-handers to yep. pop off a little bit. So, so we'll see if McLean can do it. Off to a slow start. You know, it's nothing. It's a week. We're not going to overjudge it. And, yeah, we did talk about him last Monday. Went out, put up, you know, nothing much as far as production, but it didn't really slow down people's interest in him. Folks aren't going to make uh, too much out of, a, out of a week like that. He went as high as 202 in the main event, a couple 197s, a, a handful of things in the 190s. Um, he did go under 100 in a handful of leagues and under 50 in five leagues. Yeah. So those teams that got him for 43, 41, 40, and 33 – Good on them because that's pretty nice for Matt McLean. I would have loved something like that, of course. I will. Um, I will say that like he does need to hit because DJ Friedel is going to be back probably at the end of the week or early next week, um, and that means Jose Barrero is not playing in the outfield anymore. Outfield, yep. Uh, and they could send him back down because clearly uh, Kevin Newman has some sort of like dirt on the general manager there, um, <laughs> and. There, like, there's no reason, like, as much as I like Kevin Newman coming in the season, like, there's no reason he should be in the majors at this point. Uh, and they, but he clearly has something on the front office there. Like, I don't know, he, like, he's just got him over a barrel, and uh, yeah. you know, they love they love Kevin Newman over there. Mm-hmm. This is a great opportunity for McQuain, like, with all those lefties. Uh, don't get hung up on a 46% K rate in 22 plate appearances. He has a yeah. 9% swinging strike, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. He had great plate skills coming up 12 homers, 10 steals in AAA this year in 38 games. So, don't be surprised if McQuain has a huge week, but if he doesn't. As unfair as it is to judge off of two weeks, the Reds might do that and send him back yep. because Friedel coming back. So that's a good call out. Uh, speaking of somebody who did not make a great first impression but now is now back, Edward Julian returns. And remember, we saw him in Fall League in the Home Run Derby, interestingly enough. Even and though he power- took a walk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Power's not his thing. Taking walks absolutely is. A little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. When I say power's not his thing, I don't mean he doesn't have power, but it's not like transcendent home run derby power. Uh, it's, it's decent power, decent speed, great eye. Didn't click immediately, but now back up, particularly with Polanco on the IL. Were you back in on the second round of Edward Julian uh, after being called up this weekend? Um, He was in a couple of my waterfalls where I needed a middle infielder. I mean, the thing for me, though, is I don't really need middle infield right now. Uh, and so, like, I wasn't, like, very aggressive on him. But you know what? Nobody was. Like, I mean, no. every, I would, every, everybody I was, was too aggressive. I, oh, yeah? I, I did get him uh, because I wasn't really going to go big for Matt McClain. So I ended up getting uh, Edward Julian for 36. I was 14 clear of the next bid. And I was lowering my bid. I actually lowered it. And I'm glad I did. I wish I'd lowered it even a little bit more, of course, but you never know, of course. It's easy to say that once you know where it was, but you're right. The max was 60. 
Um, there were a couple others in the 50s, but then a bunch in the 40s, 30s, and even some single digits there. So mm-hmm. folks weren't as back in on Edward Julian. I think that might be a bit of a – I mean, obviously I like him to a degree, but this is that classic – if a prospect doesn't dominate when he first comes up, he's a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. But but because he has 36 uninspired plate appearances, which aren't even that bad, it's a 93 WRC plus. But because of that, Edward Julian is just yesterday's news, and he goes so cheap. And I I'm not saying he's going to be a god. I just need guys that can maybe do something. My offense is so dreadful, so I, I went for him. I think people are like just licking their chops right now for Royce Lewis, who hit a two homer game in in his Triple uh, A uh, uh, rehab. I love so. Royce. Um, I think people are just like, well, Julian is just a placeholder, and he probably is, and, and he may well be, yeah. And, and you don't have to pay much, so if he is, it won't hurt any of us that picked him up. If he's a thirty-six well, dollar placeholder for two weeks for me, I'll be fine. Lewis can play everywhere, like I mean, That's true. so and uh, I don't even know where they want him to play because he's, I mean, he's so injury prone. Like I feel like they're going to try to put him in the place that makes the most sense for him to stay healthy. Um, DH, they're already they doing that they, with another guy. No, I know, I know. Do that with with Buxton. Apparently, they're doing and that with somebody else already. It's so weird because like this is like the most injury prone team, uh, but the rotation really somehow outside of Molly is like just doing fine. Like you know, Pablo Lopez is a guy who's never been able to stay healthy, and he's just cruising. Sonny Gray's never been able to stay Sonny healthy. Sonny Gray's been great. Yeah, cruising. Like um, Bailey Ober's never been able to stay healthy. He looks great. Like. But the offense, for some reason, can't stay healthy. Um, no, they cycle so. guys in left and right. But then, you know, it's these guys that when they come back, they look great, too. You know, Kirilov hitting homers whenever his wrists cooperate for the five days at a time that they do. Um, you know, Correa's had his issues. You mentioned Buxton. So we'll see if they can stay healthy. But I like Julian as a decent little pickup. Nothing too crazy. I do think it is a deep league situation. I really wouldn't be going too crazy for him in a shallower format. I saw Owen Miller got picked up uh, with Milwaukee. What's the story? I guess he just played a bunch last week, but that was a bunch of lefties. Do you think people he, and he over- let off? He let off. So okay. I think he was leading off, had a home run. Um, but they it only was, have yeah. two lefties next this week, though. Yeah, I think that. So do you think people kind of oh, were overzealous on Miller because they saw all the ones next to his name for leading mm-hmm. off against lefties? Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he, he he his line looks great right now. Two homers, four steals with a great triple slash, uh, yielding a 139 OPS plus for Owen Miller. But I think that's just picking on a bunch of lefties on the schedule. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. In fairness to those folks, uh, nobody really paid off the charts or anything for mm-hmm. Owen Miller. The max was 50. I got uh, him for then, like a buck in a league, like where I, you know, just go, oh, if they have three lefties coming up, like maybe I can throw them in and stuff. And yeah, but yeah. You can play him the the way NFBC does with the Monday through Thursday mm-hmm. and then the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can play him the weekend because two of the lefties this week are are there, Friday mm-hmm. and Saturday, against Alex Wood and Sean Manaya for Owen Miller. Uh, what about Brenton Doyle over in Colorado? Obviously, playing in Colorado instantly brings you some a modicum of fantasy interest because it's Colorado. They're there all week this week. Brenton Doyle is a prospect of some acclaim from their outfield. Four homers, six steals uh, with a modest line, 262, 294, 523. I think we even comped him as a right-handed Sam Hilliard when he came up in terms of his swing and miss, power speed capability. What are you seeing from Brenton Doyle? Did he generate any interest for you this week out in Colorado? Uh, Yeah, he's been hot, like, 
um, recently, like over the Blazing. last week. Yeah, over the last week has been really, really hot. And they have seven games in Colorado this week. Uh, so, yeah, I, I grabbed him uh, in a couple leagues. I had him stashed in a league. Uh, I mean, he is who he is, though. Like, these are going to be, like, huge up and down, hot and cold stretches. But you get seven games at home in Colorado, and he's hot right now. So you kind of ride in, drop him when they go on the road next time. Yeah, and it would be nice if there were some lefties mixed in there, but there is just the one. So, you know, but it's a week at home with a guy who has four homers and six steals in 22 games. I get why people took the chance. And similar to Miller, there it was he was more expensive, but he wasn't expensive. Nobody even paid triple digits yeah. for Brenton Doyle. So they're, hitting, they're hoping to spike something. He's in 375 since the 14th, but he's also got a 462 BABIP and a 33% strikeout rate. Like, those don't, like, those don't go well together. They're not gonna, it's not gonna last really long, no. but uh, like, yeah, I mean, could he stay hot for another week? Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, you throw a couple bucks, and like I said, as soon as he cools back down or they leave Colorado, you throw you throw him back into the waiver wire. Yeah, I think that's a standard stream. I got no issues with that. Totally makes sense why people did it. If I had an outfield need, I would have probably put my put some interest in Doyle myself. What about Mark Vientos? He was a bit of a tough pickup because, at least in the NFBC format, he's UT only. And they haven't really unclogged the third, first DH situation. And so while he is an interesting power hitter of some note, I had a hard time really getting in there because of the UT only. When is he even going to qualify? How much is he even going to play? Because Beatty's still there. Vientos is basically a right-handed, uh, a short side platoon for him. And Escobar hasn't gone anywhere either. So I like Vientos as as an idea. I didn't really like him as a pickup this week for anything more than maybe a, a, a single-digit price, which a handful of people did get him for. What did you think of Mark Vientos for the Mets? Yeah, I grabbed him in a league where he had third-base eligibility already um, mm-hmm. and and spent like a buck or two just on the shot that maybe they DFA Daniel Vogelbach at some point and they yeah, let him that play. That would be huge. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, and I mentioned this on Sunday, like there's no reason Daniel Vogelbach needs to be taking up a, you know, strong side platoon roster spot. So uh, I don't know that they're going to, but like someone I think asked me in my chat today, like when is when is uh, a Mauricio going to come up and when is Vientos going to play every day? And I was like, when are the Mets going to get new management? Like, I, I don't yeah. know. Like, I mean, when are they going to clear out some of this log jam to play these guys, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I got to get my... Uh, we could mention my buddy Greg again, and uh, he is a Mets fan, and he's like, get Canna the hell out of there. He, he, I'm sure he would love to just see them cut Escobar, Fam, Canha, and just start bringing up the, uh, and Vogelbach, and just start bringing up the youngsters. They've got talent, but a lot of these guys don't have a great spot to play right now. And so I like where you, what you did with Vientos, where he has the third base eligibility, but in the NFBC format where it was UT only, it was a tough sell for me. What about Trevor yeah. Larnock going back to Minnesota real quick? Maybe should have brought him up at the same time as Julian. This is another guy that I really like in theory. You know, he's got some power, interesting corner outfielder, but he's kind of an all or nothing type guy. He, he strikes me as a bit of a, like a younger Brent Rooker. And I know Brent Rooker's having like the time of his life right now, but I'm talking about like true skill um, in terms of that all or nothing power. 35% strikeout rate, 5% home run rate. Um, or excuse me, five homers, I should say, for Larnock, 97 WRC plus. Any interest in Larnock this week for the Twins? I mean, I guess if, uh, especially if Buxton's going to miss time, then that can maybe more cement his role. Uh, it was really fun when Larnock and Rick were on the same team because 
uh, they could just platoon them. They, and then, hey, you got one really good player, you know. Uh, I, I like Larnock, like you said, as an idea, but as an actual fantasy player, especially in weekly format, it's just so difficult to figure out. Like, you know, at least it's uh, six righties this week. Yeah. And, and, and Larnock. The nice is, thing is, about the central is there just aren't a lot of lefties. Yeah. Or good pitchers. Yeah, that's it. Outside of Queen, well, outside of the team that he's on. We talk about Michael Kopech was amazing on my bench. Oh, shut up, dude. I hate, we'll talk about that joker in a moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't even care though. By the way, like, ha- have fun with that, folks. We'll talk about him in the shallow leagues. Uh, mm-hmm. Mickey Moniak, former one-one overall, and I feel like that has to be mentioned every time he's talked about because that's kind of the claim to fame for him right now. But did a little bit this week, got folks a little bit interested. Uh, he batted leadoff when he did play. He bat, He played four of the uh, of the last six games. They were all against righties, but he's not playing every day, so he's not in like a strict platoon or anything. Mickey Moniak, Moniak doing anything to get you interested in him? 20% swing and strike rate, 44% O swing. That's horrendous. Those are so bad, folks. If you don't have context for those, yeah. just know that they're terrible. Yeah, 40% uh, K rate is off the charts. 40% is nuts. So yeah, 667 it, it back, bad. It's hit, backed right. up by that 20% swing and strike rate. Like I, exactly. Like I mean, he's got a 78% zone contact, which is 7% below league average. Like no, didn't didn't even make my bid list. No, I I, I do I do wish him well because you know a one one. I, I don't want to see him fail and then have to kind of wear that his whole career. It just doesn't seem like much fun. But I don't see a whole lot here. Sorry, folks. I probably would rather have this guy, but I didn't go for him either. Oscar Mercado is back on the fantasy landscape. Is he doing anything for you? Uh, back with the Cardinals, which is where the Guardians originally got him from. Uh, not really, because the only time they face a lefty is Brandon Williamson on the first day, and I think that's probably the only day he plays. He's yeah. just They're waiting to get other guys back. Dylan Carlson's on the I.L., uh, Tyler Neal's on the IL and they need somebody who can play center. Uh, and so, uh, and, and, you know, as a backup. So, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll play against some lefties and maybe steal a couple bases off the bench, but no, I mean, yep. Jason, made the joke. Jason made the joke on Sunday. Uh, and I kind of right there with him. It's like, I didn't even know he was still playing baseball to be quite honest. I mean, I, I did only cause I had seen that he went back to St. Louis, but I totally understand people that aren't keeping tabs on Mercado. He does have 15 steals in 34 games at AAA, so you're right about maybe getting a few bags uh, sporadically here. But it's a super deep league play at best anyway. Probably NL only is where you only real where you want uh, Mercado right now. What about Gene Segura? I see him getting picked up a bunch. I think part of it is that Miami's going to Coors, mm-hmm. and he is a bit of a name. I mean, I cut him in my main event, so whoever picked him up. Have fun. I, I'm I'm good. But uh, what do you think of Gene Segura? You, you see anything from him this summer where he kind of gets back into being the guy that he was drafted to be, which is like a decent double-double with, with a good batting average because he's nowhere near that right now. He looks mm. terrible. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he makes a lot of his own conduct. The problem is he's swinging out every, at everything outside the zone too. So, like, he's really got to, like, rein in – uh, some of that plate discipline that we've seen from him, you know, when he's been good and being in Miami's a really tough spot because like his power doesn't play there. Like it just doesn't. Exactly. Um, and exactly. I think that, you know, one of the reasons why when he signed with Miami, I think some people are like, Oh, he's going to play every day. And I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't know that I want him to um, <laughs> because he's just kind of empty average and he's not even giving you that at this point. So that was the part that was killing me. 
what was yeah. my my team's batting average is my body weight, which is not great, and mm-hmm. so I can't have somebody like Cigar. I I could have taken an empty average. No, you, you know? want you want some you want your team to be my body weight, not your body weight. I, I, that's that would be much more beneficial to me right now, yeah. uh, as far as a batting average. But anyway, sorry, not not to make it all about my myself. I'm just tired of my guys hitting my fucking body weight every day dude it's so insane <laughs> anyway let's get into the shallow leagues and uh, we're gonna move up the nfbc landscape a little bit here because there were a few leagues where this guy was available because he was drafted and then cut which is how it works for prospects but otherwise bobby miller was more in the like yahoo espn you know uh how home league standpoint where you can pick up anybody whenever you want so people could jump him without having debuted he's slated to debut this week um for the dodgers bobby miller big time pitching prospect a lot of places rank him higher than uh gavin stone they're pretty close you can kind of see them similar they they get there differently but their composite profiles are, are kind of similar i think in terms of what they can be which is mid-rotation guys were you in on on bobby miller anywhere where he was available already uh not really i mean i put some bids in but again i, I wasn't spending very much after spending so much on yuri perez last week and you don't really want him for this week because he's going to Atlanta. Where Dude. you want him is next week when he starts off a two-step with Miami. Um, and so I totally understand picking him up this week and holding uh, on your bench until next week when you can start him for that uh, potential two-step. So uh, that being said, uh, those of us in NFBC who couldn't pick him up are really hoping he gets destroyed in Atlanta <laughs> so the prices aren't insane coming next week. He's available in four mains. Mm-hmm. Did have you checked this at all? I have not. Do you want to guess what the high was? It was particularly out from the other three. Uh two thirty-seven. Three twenty-nine. Holy crap. With a one seventy-two backup. And then a mark a remarkably efficient one seventy-one, one sixty-seven. So that person probably felt great going, yeah, you know, I I went high, but I, I paid really nicely. And then the other two went over by a good bit, 158 to 87, 113 to 74. So those were the four leagues where Bobby Miller was drafted and then cut. So that means he was pick-upable um, uh, before he, he debuts, because otherwise in the main event, minor leaguers aren't available until they debut. He hasn't been great at AAA. It's been 14 mm-hmm. innings. I don't want to make too much of it. He is a big-time prospect. I am interested, but I feel you. Because you, with what you said about like maybe getting beat up this week, because you know that if he dominates at Atlanta, that price is that three twenty nine is going to look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he happens to go out there and drop like six innings with eight strikeouts or something, then James Gable, who paid the the three twenty nine, is going to be like, I got off on easy street. James here. is a really good player too. Excellent so like, player. Yeah. So I I don't bring it up to shade him. I just wanted to see if you could guess what the high was there. He wanted to solidify that he got what, Bobby Miller. What was the what was the backup? 172. So in line with the other ones, in fact, that was the second highest bid of the of the uh, eight bids that we can see here because you can see the bid and the runner up. It, so it that 172 bid in a main event this week. Yeah, I know. It, yeah, Bobby that, Miller was the single highest pickup because wow. um, Libertor maxed at 279 and McLean mm-hmm. at 202. So that's really interesting there. And again, like you said, James Gable, excellent player. So um, curious to see how that one works. We did talk a little Gavin Stone during the two-step show, so I won't go too crazy on it. But uh, you talk about that tough week. He gets the brunt of it, too, because not only does he go to Atlanta, but on the weekend, he goes to Tampa Bay. Is this an exception that you would make of, like, I would roster this guy but not start him in the two-step? Or would you even roster Gavin Stone right now? Because he hasn't looked all that great himself. 
Not that we're I making think, a lot of judgments I, off such a small sample, but where do you stand on Stone right now? I mean, I think I'd roster any Dodger as starting pitcher just because their I think, offense I think I would is so too. good, especially in a 15-team league. Like, I just, yeah. the, Their offense is so good that he might give up six earned runs and still get a win. It's still cop and dub, yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean. He, he was getting picked up in the shower leagues this week too, so there was some love that, for Stone despite the difficulty of this two-step. That being said, I wouldn't start him this week. I, I wouldn't either, and and – that's why it would have been tough for me to really go for him this week in those um, Rotowire Online Championships, is where we, we where I get this list from. Those are twelve teamers, and a bunch of people paid triple digits. And you got to figure if you're paying triple digits, you feel like you got to start him. And I'm terrified of this two step. I, I would be terrified of this with Dustin May, you know, like a healthy Dustin May, let alone Gavin Stone, who hasn't done anything on the major league level. Um, this is devastating not only is it atlanta tampa bay but it's both on the road Whew, that is tough and it doesn't get any better next week when new york when the yankees come to visit gavin stone so he's got three brutal starts in a row here if he can show something here i think you really start to feel confident about where he is the rest of the year if he gets beat up though isn't there a world where he starts looking back at triple a if he doesn't do well in these three starts I mean, potentially, but the Dodgers don't have a ton of options right now. I heard Fernando Valenzuela's been working out. Yeah, I mean, they might need him. Uh, Tom Candiotti got the knuckleball going again. I mean, this is why, like, you know how we talk about, like, every year. It's like, oh, this team has too much pitching, and they need to trade someone, and then we get to this point in the year, and it's like, oh, there's a reason why these teams don't want to trade surplus pitching. Exactly. Just, we, we selfishly want it for fantasy because yeah. we want so-and-so six starter to be a, a fantasy viable option. It takes five minutes in baseball time for that to be yeah. sopped up and you have no depth. I mean, we, we were talking about beginning of the season, the two, you know, there are three teams with just amazing starting pitching depth, and that was the Rays, the Dodgers, and the Marlins. And the Marlins are the only ones who still have that pitching depth. Yep. I mean, the Rays have lost two freaking aces the way they were pitching Rasmussen yeah. in Springs. Like it, it just comes at you. It comes at you so quickly with pitcher injuries. It's, it's a nightmare. All right. Let's talk about this dickhead. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't have anything I'm against him. No, I don't have anything against Michael Kopech, the person. Um, he's all over the place, though. Brilliant outing. Okay. Eight innings of one hit ball, no runs, no walks, 10 punches against KC. And you can say it's against KC. Before that, he couldn't get me, you, and seven others out. So I'm not even going to take credit away from him because it was KC. KC's been hot. Like, and I, mean, I was going to bring that up too. They've actually been doing some things. So beautiful outing here. You said it was on your bench. So you still have him. I cut him. I cut him a long time ago. Yes. Does this change how you're feeling about Kopech? Are you putting him back in the lineup, say, this week then when he has a trip to Cleveland on deck? Yeah, the second worst team in baseball against right-handed pitchers. They're, they're um, a nightmare ball club. I, I would start coping against them too. I, I think I am. I, I have a couple situations on a couple different teams and really important teams where I have to decide for like one or two spots between Michael Kopech, Yuri Perez, who's going you know to to Colorado, Colorado and then uh, I think to the Angels. Yeah. Um, oh my God. That's on. That's on a par with Gavin and, Stone. And, and, and then Jack Flaherty, who's also uh, we're going to talk about the next. All of the map had one really, really brilliant start, and then one not very good start, but against a tough team. And guess uh, what? He also gets Cleveland. Yeah. Exactly. Same as Cleveland. And so, like, I'm I'm gonna be racking my brain here for the next oh, few hours trying tough. to figure out. I think I'm starting Yuri. 
just because he's been so good and um and it's a two-step so it's a two-step I, I know it's tough but it's a two-step yeah i think i would too now you only pick one of those three i've got one league where i got to pick one and then i've got one league where i have to pick two um yeah Damn, so it, it's tough especially because like my main event i've almost i'm almost below five era now boom <laughs> i'm like i'm crawling my way back it, in like my top you know freaking you know offense and like no pitching like it's starting to like the pitching starting to churn a little bit again so. our team would be perfect together if we could just know them because my pitching well, i don't know why we decent. didn't just share a team and just at, at you some know, point we should you know what yeah you, you just draft the hitters i draft the pitchers um so you did see I tried a start to get nick pollock to do a team like that with me and he ended up not coming to vegas like that's know. true he got didn't he get sick yeah he got sick yeah he got sick he was gonna come to vegas so you did get to see a start from Flaherty since his gem, though, and it was back to being bad again, but it was the Dodgers. And yeah. this is Cleveland, as you point out. They're dreadful. Um, I but think I lean Kopech. You know what Cleveland can do is they can take walks. And, exactly, and, and that's, that's his biggest issue this Flaherty. year. So uh, I think I am going to do Kopech over Flaherty um, with Yuri Perez and just yep. pray, like – I don't know what Kopech is though. Like I don't. This either. feels like a trap. I was talking to somebody about it. And I was like, you know, he's. I'm gonna put him back in my lineup, and he's just gonna f and destroy me. Like, Undoubtedly, I, like four homers. Yeah. It's gonna be like the game that we watched, where we saw every consecutive homer in like the span of. Uh, but the five nice thing minutes. is, Cleveland doesn't hit home runs. They're not that. That should them. help you. If anything, yeah. it, it will be like a Babip type game where they just get a bunch mm-hmm. of hits off of him. So you hope that yeah. doesn't happen because he's not usually prone to that. Usually, when Kopech no. gets clocked it's his own volition with the walks mixed with a couple key homers that end up being two three run shots because he walked somebody so they half might the not be the right the team ball. yeah half the to take advantage of the ground so I yeah think i'm okay with it so i i, I would go Kopech to uh flaherty's my guy sitting out in your situation there uh, let's talk some hitters in the shallower formats jorge soler is quietly having a solid little rebound season so he's starting to get picked back up in the shallower formats here i don't know if we're going to get that uh uh, KC season again, where he hit, what was it, like 48 homers? But he has 12, and a 247, 324, 518 line is darn good. I mean, you can't really expect that much more out of Jorge Soler. Is he is he back in all formats viable as a power bat right now? I'd say all formats, like, uh, with at least five outfielders, because 10-team, three outfielder, I still think he's more of, like, a, a bench play or, or play him for the Colorado s- series or whatever. But anything with five outfielders, I'm feeling like Soler's worthy of it what, what do you think i think it might even be viable in those shallower formats um it's the highest zone contact of his career uh it's his highest barrel percentage of his career he's pulling the ball more than he has in his career he's putting the ball in the air more than like he is just like i am jacking this ball and he's making good decisions on his own um i i need to talk to jeff jeff needs speed i need power and doubt wars we got a little uh, trade brewing. Soler and uh, and I've got just a crap ton of stolen bases, so I might need to uh, text Jeff here after uh, after the pod and, and see if we can work something out. And hey, he's pacing for ninety seven ribbies, which on Miami isn't mm-hmm. easy. So Soler yep. is really taking care of it right now, and so I see why he's getting picked up in those shower formats. I agree. I think I'm picking him up pretty much anywhere right now. If you need power yep. at all, you go for it. Let's talk another, a little bit more about Christopher Morrell. We talked about him last week as a deep league pickup. He is now making his way into the shower formats. He had a brilliant week. 
All of his flaws are still there, though. I still feel like this is a hot streak. I thought it was in the minors, which is why I wasn't like aggressively seeking him out. I do feel like I'm going to regret not picking him up the week I picked up Alec Thomas, though. But eight homers already in the majors, one steal, 370, 396, 957 uh, is his slug, not his OPS. But he still has a 38% K rate and a 4% walk rate. Where he had on Morell in shallow formats. He's obviously an easy hold for now um, in deep formats. But is he a pickup and, and hold in shallower formats right now, even after you miss the eight homers? So I've already picked like the names I'm going to write for my buy uh, low sell high uh, article. And uh, I'm leading the sell high portion off of Christopher Morell. I think um, you have to. Last year, he had the, or the, the worst in zone contact rate of anybody in the major leagues. And it is worse this year. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it's, wow. it's not by much. Last year it was 68.9%. It's 68.6%. That, that is not good. He has a 20% swing strike rate. Um, like, this is not going to end well. Get I mean, if you can get someone buying right now, I'm taking just about anything I can get. Yeah, because I think you can. You know, it's a 57% fly ball rate and a 50% homer to fly ball rate for Christopher Morel. Like, everything's going well right now. Everything's clicking. I think people are going to see, you know, he's a power speed guy last year. Maybe I was a little skeptical on him, but here he is hitting the ground running. I guarantee you can get more than a waiver pickup, which is obviously what you how you got him uh, in most leagues. So I agree on selling high because I think it is viable. You know, a lot of times we say sell high or the, or the general fantasy community says sell high on this random waiver pickup, but nobody's really going to buy. I think on Morel, you can find a buyer, even with these obvious mm-hmm. flaws. I think some people are just thinking that he's a younger Adelise Garcia. And well, then there he's was just so much over- heat on him last year. And then yeah. so many people who were publicly upset about him not making the team. Uh, and now that he's up and crushing and he crushed in triple a, like, uh, I think people are, are abnormally high on him, uh, and I think he's going to crash and burn at some point. Um, if he doesn't, like, and if he figures out a way to like keep this going, good for him. But like, the, I just don't see this as being sustainable at all. Yeah, pro- process over results, and and the process here is is get out from under this and trade leaks yeah. where you can. Obviously, in like non-trades, you just ride it out, and then when you start to see things come down, you can either bench him uh, or maybe even cut him, depending on how bad it gets. But this is how bad it can get, because he did not this. He didn't hit eight homers in five minutes when he first came up last year, but he had seven and, and seven uh, homers and steals through his first uh, 40 games last year. In the final 72 games, eight homers, three steals, on seven attempts, by the way. So he was underwater in terms of success rate with a 197 average, 283 OBP, and 375 slug for Morrell. That's in 235 plate appearances from July on last year and got moved down to the nine spot, was losing PT. He is as volatile as it gets. When he's hot, he is rosterable in every format, no matter what. Even in AL only, I might roster him just in case. And then when he's cold... I wouldn't roster him in an NL Central League. Like that's that's the gamut that Christopher Morell runs. So I mean, good luck is is all the, I can say. The right only now. nice thing is like this is a pretty good week for him to be like in the lineup every day. You know, you've got the Mets, so Cody Senga, uh, McGill, Carrasco, and then uh, the Reds, Hunter Green, Hunter Williamson, and uh, and Graham Ashcraft. So like maybe wait till after this week, and then yeah. You, 
you go to look. Because then he gets Tampa Bay, San Diego, and then we'll see what's up. Again, you can't do anything but play Christopher Morrell right now. We're not saying to preemptively cut him, but just keep close oh, no. tabs on him. Because as this comes down to earth, you can maybe make a move before it bottoms out completely. Mm-hmm. But enjoy the run right now because he's been amazing. And shouts to him, Christopher Morrell, you've been insane. Uh, and we'll close out with Jake Berger. Uh, he's now making his way down to the uh, shower formats. He's got 10 homers on the season, but not only that, but a 280, 340, 688 slash line, which is fantastic, good for a 1028 OPS. Things are going very well. He's almost doubled his, or he's more than doubled his walk rate. Uh, no, no, excuse me. That's his home run rate. Uh, he's upped his walk rate very little from, from 6 to 7%. And he's cut his strikeout rate from 31 to 29. So it's basically the same plate skills. The Babbitt isn't even up. It's all about this power right now. I do believe in Jake Berger as a, like a legit power guy. Not quite a 409 ISO, which is your slugging minus your batting average. What do you think about Berger um, and how long are you riding this this train right now? I think I'm going to ride it for a little while. The play skills aren't great. Um, he's got a sub uh, 80% zone contact when 85% is league average. So he's going to zone 44% of the time. So like the strikeouts are going to stick around and mm-hmm. he's not going to get this lucky. But he, he rockets the ball. Like, and this isn't a guy that you are expecting to hit 280, uh, you know, rest of the way. He's probably going to hit 240, but he's going to do it with a, a good amount of power. And power is something that's hard to find right now. So, yes. Um, oh my God. Yes. And I th- the White Sox have made comments like they are committed to playing him every day, even when Eloy comes back. So I think Moncada is one who loses out on playing time here. Uh, and Berger. I mean, he kind of has to, right? Like he just. You would think so, but I mean, money talks, and he's under contract for another True. year after this. So true, um, but you know, some cost. I think yeah. I think they'll figure out a way to get Berger in the lineup. Maybe that's playing second base. Maybe he maybe because he has played some second base mm-hmm. at the major league level. So maybe he becomes their everyday second base. Or what about putting Makata back over there? He's played some second base too. I don't Mikata's know. Makata's a really good defender at third. Yeah, I guess it's I mean, isn't second base ahead of third base on the defensive spectrum? Although if it's his arm that drives his success, you want the bigger arm yeah. over at third. So either I, I way, think, I think Berger goes to second. But uh, either way, like I can see I, that. I think he is a guy that you can ride for a little while. I mean, he he may go ice cold, and you know these underlying play skills comes back to haunt him a little bit. But they're not like Christopher Morel bad. They're no, no, no. You know, they're standard a, issue power hitter type bad. Yeah, exactly. Where 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 he can create those cold streaks. Uh, Berger or Soler shower format. Oh, Soler. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, but uh, but I do like Berger. So if you didn't get Solaire and you have a um, corner opening or a third base opening, then Berger can be your guy for that power. Uh, nothing on closer corner this week because uh, not too much changeover. It's been such a tough season to speculate for saves. Yeah. And to me, that feels a little weird because you would think with more teams not committing to guys that there'd be more opportunities but the problem is all these guys that you pick up, you're at, you're hoping to get like a save a week randomly because mm-hmm. these teams, these things are so disjointed. So once you step back and think about it, like it does make sense because it's not this guy goes down. This guy's the guy. It's the ace goes down. Here's four guys who are going to get saves the next two weeks while he's out. And that's yeah. been the tough part with speculating for saves. And that's why I just don't do it anymore. The last couple of years, I've been committed to getting studs. And hey, sometimes they don't work out, right? You can pick the wrong guy or they get hurt. But in the draft, I am trying to get guys who are considered locked-in closers so I don't have to play this game in the waiver wire because yeah. it doesn't seem fun. I mean, like just 
just pay for your saves. Like, I mean, I, if you want to take a to. gamble on your second or third guy, uh, fine. But like, there's a reason why, like Felix Batista, Josh Hader, Jordan Romano, Emmanuel Conce, you know, David Bednar, they're all in the top eight in saves. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanted to gamble on a guy like Carlos Esfiz, who's second in saves right now, that's fine. It's your second guy. But then if you listen to this show, you were in on him because mm-hmm. promoted the shit. I loved him. Got a little dodgy there in spring. I won't deny it because he did not have a good spring. I was like, "Oh, is he going to lose this job?" I thought he was going to lose it, but I loved Estevez, and I uh, think he got. I think he got a little bit lucky too that Kiata got hurt. Nobody took it. Uh, yeah, and nobody yeah. took the job from him. Right? He did mm-hmm. open the door. Estevez did, and nobody walked through, and they stayed committed to him basically because they had to. And now he got back to what. I was hoping that he could be outside of Coors. I didn't expect yeah. him to be tied for second in saves in baseball either. So I'm not patting myself on the back too hard here. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I paid for Hayner and then I got Evan Phillips, the guy I believed in for the Dodgers and he's got seven saves. So I just, I don't, I, I just think people, when they say I'll, I'll get saves off the wire, they don't account for how much that can eat up your fab. Yeah. Even, even with the thousand uh, budget, those knickknack 30s, 40s, 50s, damn near every week, unless you land on the this year's Batista or whatever, it really kills you. And who's even emerged this year as a guy, like as a locked in guy? Has anybody that's been available? Let's let's turn it back to the 15 team, a little bit of the the deeper format here. Sorry, shallow folks. But has there been anybody that's even been available at any point that is a dude right now? I mean, that's a good dude. No. Yeah, because I mean Pierce saying. Johnson emerged, but he's yeah. got a five ERA. Yeah, um, he's Sean Chaconing the shit out of your team right now with those saves. Yeah, I mean Will Smith, he's kind of emerged. Oh, that, that, that will be one. I'll, I'll I'll give that one because he has eight saves, um, mm-hmm. and he's looked great. He was a late pick for some, but but a, you might a, have pick up for others. Him when That's he, true. Like, momentarily lost that job, and that's went and true. To pick Leclerc back up or whatever, and. Um, you know, like I, I, I got Will Smith in, uh, in my main event league and instantly regretted it because I had dropped a role Chapman to get him. And he was looking great. Chapman and we was. thought Roll Chapman was going to be the dude. And, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's turned out really well and lucky for me, but, hey, um, sometimes you gotta be lucky. Anybody that says yeah. that they win leagues without being lucky is just full of shit. Like, no matter what you do, no matter how great of a player, the best players, and Phil, Phil DeSalle, you know, the guy, King Guy and NFBC, uh, admits that he gets lucky. And talk about any of those top tier guys over at the NFBC, anyone worth their salt admits that, hey, you got to do the right things, but then you also got to get some good Mm -hmm. luck. That's why you trust your process, and then you hope to get a little luck sprinkled on top, and then bingo, bingo, bongo, you start winning. That's why it's so fun to see some of these guys complaining about, like, the season and stuff like that, and, like, you know, some of the really, really good players being like, oh, this season sucks. I hate fantasy baseball because so many guys have gotten hurt. Yeah. Just, you know, sometimes if you're going to get lucky a lot of times, sometimes you're going to get unlucky. You ha- yeah, sometimes you have to have the bad season. And it's like, also, I feel like the NFPC landscape's getting tougher too. So it's like you, you're yeah, pairing a more a difficult more landscape. Like, this is, they wanted the NFPC to be more focused so now there's going to be more people playing. It's going to be a tougher landscape. And there's going to be more information for it. People yep. are, you know, like learning about how to play the game properly and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think the game has passed those folks by, those that are kind of. Well, absolutely not. No, but that, they're just, they're the bug instead of the windshield. And, you know, that happens to everybody. It doesn't matter how great you are at this game. 
you're gonna no have one had a season. worse season last year than me and you know like I, and i ate it and i owned it and i'm now like enjoying this year because it's going fairly well like, outside of that five era in my main event yeah i mean because even that i'm still in th- third or fourth place in my league oh, like, that's, so. that that gives you so much upside too because if you oh, can if you can if shave can that era down that ERA, then you've now, got a real okay. shot to yeah. uh to push forward so anyway those are the pickups good luck to everybody if there's anybody that we didn't cover that you really have some questions about hit us up on twitter Justin always does his chat on Mondays too. So before the pod, if you want to get in on somebody uh, to ask him, go make sure you're there on the front page. I do mine on Wednesdays and um, always taking questions there about guys to pick up. Justin, good luck this week in your leagues and good luck getting some sleep tonight. Thanks. I'm going to go take a nap right now. Sounds good. Take care. Take it easy.